0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Skellington Grin Podcast. I am your host, Alice B. Skellinger, and on today's episode, I will be discussing Tarot 101, from the origins of tarot and where it is noted to have started, how it is noted to have started, as well as the difference between major and minor arcana in the tarot deck. I will also be discussing the differences between tarot and oracle cards, as well as going over some of the most common tarot spreads that you can happen to find, whether you are a reader or you are receiving readings, and some of my favorite tarot spreads to use as a reader myself. Without further ado, let's dive right into this episode. I'd like to preface this episode by saying that the Skellington Grin podcast and any other Skellington Grin affiliation is a safe space for anyone regardless of religious affiliation, political affiliation, sex, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, or anything else that you can think of. This podcast is a safe space for anyone and you are welcome here. You are seen, you are heard, you are appreciated you are valued, and above all things, you are loved. So, how did tarot come about? The, the best known origins, um, the truest origin is unknown, but the best known origins date back to the late 14th century and mid 15th century in Europe. Playing cards first entered Europe in the late 14th century and the first records date to 1367 in Bern and then they appear to have spread very rapidly across the whole of Europe. Many of the records of playing cards um, are actually records of them have been banned as opposed to just records of, of the playing cards themselves. But when it comes to tarot packs, the first documented packs were recorded between 1440 and 1450 in Milan, Ferrara, and Florence, Italy, when additional trump cards with allegorical illustrations were added to the common four-suit pack. These new decks were called triumph cards, and additional cards were known simply as triomphonie, which became trumps in English. The earliest documentation is found in a written statement in the court records of Florence in 1440 regarding the transfer of two decks to. um, I'm I'm going to try to pronounce this as well as I can uh, Sigismondo Pandolfo Malatesta. The oldest surviving tarot cards are 15 or so that were painted in the mid 15th century for the rulers of Milan at the time. A lost tarot like pack was commissioned by the Duke of Milan and described between 1418 and 1425 since the painter that had um, been commissioned to to um, do the art for the original tarot deck had returned to Milan in 1418 while the commissioner died in 1425 he described a 16 a 60 card deck with 16 cards having images of the Roman gods and suits depicting four kinds of birds. These 16 cards were regarded as trumps since, in 1449, Jacopo Antonio Martello recalled that the now deceased duke had invented a a new and exquisite kind of triumph. So, other early decks that are also show clay. That are also showcased um, included classical motifs um, in their decks during the 1490s. So, moving on from that, um, now nowadays, the tarot decks and the standard tarot decks consist of 78 cards. These cards are divided into two basic subsets, with the first division being the minor arcana, consisting of four suits that loosely correspond to the four suits of modern day playing cards. In these decks, the four suits are called normally wands, swords, cups, and pentacles, which, um, correlate to the different elements of, of earth, water, fire, earth, air. So while, while different tarot decks will call them different things, um, especially with um, witches' tarot decks might call coins pentacles um, instead of coins, but the coins um, regard to earth and material things, while wands are going to be corresponding to the element of fire and discuss different kind of passions and and kind of things to do with creativity. Um, Then the swords... Are representative of the element of air and discuss the actions and thoughts between the spirit and the mind. That is the best way that I can that I can describe them as I have learned um, what the minor arcana stands for. So if you if you find a different description that works for you, totally valid. There is no right or wrong answer. I, I will say that while the tarot does kind of have some specific rules and also has some specific things that that it corresponds to um, I will say that your interpretation of the cards yourself is the best interpretation that you can give them. So I I do want to say that while I am using some actual, you know, legitimate source material from what I have learned, um, my interpretation is going to be different from your interpretation. So, so that being said, um, the cups in, um, cups in tarot correlate to the element of water and discuss emotions and responses and kind of more of that like heart center um so so how your heart guides you and how your emotions guide you and and what comes up in your emotions when you are dealing with life situations um and did I go through all of that? Was that all of them? Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> it's four. Duh. Hello, you did say that. <laughs> um, bear with me. This this episode, while I have a guide, um, none of my episodes are scripted. So sometimes you'll hear me you'll hear me talk to myself a little bit. You'll hear me you'll hear me like go oh duh you know and have little enlightening moments because. I am human. This is not an AI doing the podcast. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're you're gonna hear a little bit of a you're gonna hear a little bit of just just random everyday Alice talking um, and and being an authentic human. And uh, this authentic human needs a sip of water real quick while we while we just discussed water. So. If that sound bothers you, I'm sorry. I am drinking from a water bottle, <laughs> so uh, headphone warning. <laughs> but um, but yes. So the four suits, um, the four suits, you know, correspond to the different elements, and um, also correspond to the different four suits of modern day playing cards. Each suit is made up of ten number cards, ace through ten, and four royalty cards: the page, the knight, the queen, and the king instead of the three normally found in playing cards for a combined total of 56 minor arcana cards. So this is the biggest subset of, um, of the tarot deck. Then the major arcana is the smaller subset consisting of only 22 picture cards. The the cards don't belong to any of the four suits, although the fool shows up in the playing cards as the joker. The fool is the unnumbered card, um, so, so usually just, just a 0 there, um, because some, some decks will actually mark it with a 0, um, and then other decks will, will not mark it at all and just put the Fool on there. Um, and then the other 21 cards um, are start with the Magician and then end with the World. Um, and the best way that I can describe the other twenty two the other whoops not twenty two the other twenty one cards is that they describe the different life lessons when you when you lay out the the tarot deck in order from zero to twenty two for the major arcana you it kind of tells the story of the fool 's journey through life and each of the major arcana cards represents an important archetype such as love, hope tradition, life. And and any other life lessons that that you might need to that you might need to learn, or that the fool within the tarot deck needs to learn. So you can think of um, you can think of the the major arcana as the fool's journey, and that is the most beautiful description that I have ever heard. And um, I have I've gone through several uh, several sources from um, guidebooks that have come with the tarot decks that I owned, or. Um, guides that I find on the internet from uh, Keen.com, Biddytaro.com, uh, any any online source or any um, or any book source will describe the major arcana as the Fool's journey. So, with that being said, this group represents the pivotal events in our lives, and as such, they carry more individual weight in a reading than the minor arcana. So as the major arcana represents what we all have in common, the minor arcana represents what makes each of us unique. So the major arcana would be the basic structure of, of life situations, while the minor arcana would be the endless possible variations that are unique specifically to the person getting the reading. So, so it's like, the major arcana is the advice that you need while the minor arcana is the clarification on that advice. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and, and, and piggybacking off of that, um, off of that, you know, clarity aspect, off of the clarification aspect, that brings me into how I operate as a reader where, um, the differences between the tarot and oracle. Um, so, the reason why I want to offer up the differences between tarot and oracle is because, as a reader myself, I use a blend of both in a good majority of my readings. There's hardly a reading that I do where I don't use both, um, unless I don't feel the need to use both. So sometimes. The, the advice might just come through from, from tarot and I don't need the oracle. Sometimes I feel guided to give the the oracle as kind of like a little bit more of a, a clarification on, on what's going on in the situation and to kind of help give give the person that I'm reading for a little bit more of that peace of mind because sometimes the message that they're getting in the tarot itself it, it can, can be a harsh and blunt delivery and um, while... While the tarot is is usually seen as being something more for entertainment, and I will disclose and and put a little disclaimer here that, um, and I tell this to any of my clients, I've told this to to friends who are like, hey, I'm starting my tarot journey, what's the best advice that you can give me? Um, How can I go about doing tarot readings? Um, What can I do, excuse me, what can I do or say when, um, People ask me for certain types of advice. Um, do you ever get certain types of advice that you, that you just know that you're not gonna answer that question? Um, this disclaimer is for that. So tarot is not meant to supplement any kind of other types of advice. If you are seeking medical advice, if you are seeking legal advice, if you are seeking financial advice, if you are seeking any kind of real, um, real therapy, Tarot, tarot is not meant to supplement that. Tarot is meant more for the entertainment side and more for just the, the way that I describe it is even if it's a harsh and blunt delivery of um, a lesson that you need to learn, it's still meant to be fun. It's still meant to be a way in which you can connect with someone that you, you hope is going to to be this this tender person who who gives you the advice that you may need to hear but is going to be gentle in their delivery and nine times out of ten you, you will meet those readers who are even if they are direct they're very empathic and very empathetic um a lot of readers will will um will say that they are empaths and and what that means is that they can can very well connect with um with their clients and and therefore give them the most direct advice while also being very um what's the word? It was on the tip of my tongue. Compassionate. <laughs> um and, and that's the way that I go about my readings too. But the difference between tarot and oracle, um, especially when it comes to giving more of that peace of mind and giving more of that clarity is that, um, tarot, like I said, kind of has its, its set things and its set correspondences and its set rules, um, and set meanings for for the cards, um, even if you're interpreting it a specific way as a reader or as a person getting those readings. The the tarot typically does have um, set meanings, especially when it comes to the the major arcana. Um, so when when you when you think about it like that, when you think about how um, typical tarot is going to have set meanings, especially with the major arcana. Um, you you have to think that um you have to kind of recognize that the the tarot and oracle are then of course going to be different oracle cards are kind of a little bit more um, general and up for interpretation and a lot of times oracle cards are going to follow a theme And and have, um, you know, their specific types of advice. Um, I have two oracle cards sitting in front of me right now, and one of them is the Heart-Shaped Lovers Oracle that does follow a theme. It is um, directed towards love readings, and it is something that I use um, in my love readings because it gives different types of love advice um, and also can uh, help to understand the type of connection that that might be going on between um, two lovers or or somebody who is asking for a reading on um, what is the connection between me and this specific person. Another oracle deck that is sitting right in front of me is the Moonology oracle deck by Yasmin Boland. I hope I pronounced your name correctly and if I did not Yasmin if you come across this uh this episode um and and I pronounced your your last name wrong please correct me um and and anyone who knows who I'm talking about uh please correct me on how to pronounce your last name um I I I do my best to actually pronounce things correctly um as much as I can and uh I know I, I butchered that Italian name earlier but um I do my best. I do my best. So, so I am I am open to being corrected. Um uh, but um the Moonology Oracle Deck by by Miss Yasmin um is illustrated with different um with the different moon phases, um the different significances of moon phases, the the nodes um and different uh astrological things and astrological placements um the the full moons the waxing moons the waning moons um the super moons um and just different different types of moon phasings the gibbous moon um the the new moon eclipse, um, new moon in Cancer, new moon in Taurus, full moon in Scorpio, different things like that. So, really, really plays on on the moon and the moon phases and the moon cycles throughout the year. Um, and and while it has that theme of the moon, if you if you look at a specific card, like say the the full moon in Scorpio, which is my favorite card because. I am myself a Scorpio, and, um, (laughs) okay, let me, let me not say it that way, but, um, I am myself a Scorpio, that is my sun sign, that is my placement in, in most of my astrological chart, (laughs) and, um, Scorpio, and especially the full moon in Scorpio is a very emotional, um, is a very emotional, like, sign, and a very emotional, um, and, and very changing full moon, um, the full moon in Scorpio um, on this card and in any full moon in Scorpio, um, anyway, is it's time to release negativity. Um, if you if you know anything about astrology, and you know anything about uh, Scorpio, the the image for Scorpio is the scorpion. Um, so not only not only in the placement as uh, a constellation, but as as a representation with with a, with an actual you know physical representation, it's the scorpion, and the scorpion is an arachnid and an arthropod with a very tough exoskeleton. So scorpions like um, like spiders will we'll go through a molt will go through a shedding um, when when they are growing so whenever they whenever they are growing they're shedding and becoming something new so with with this with this full moon and Scorpio card saying that it's time to release negativity it's time to shed that negativity and grow into this new phase in your life so so I just wanted to use that as kind of an example of um, of what oracle cards can help you to understand, um, and, and I did kind of go off on a bit of a tangent on that one, um, because there was, there was more to, to explain with that one, but, um, while oracle cards sometimes do have a theme, they are also up for your own interpretation, and, and that was my own interpretation of that card in and of itself. Um, but I wanted to pull up, I'm, I'm pulling up the page of the Major Arcana cards so that I can go through the different Major Arcana cards in the tarot and, and give you a little bit of um, an explanation. So like I said, um, the Major Arcana in the tarot, I'm going over the Major Arcana more than I'm going over the Minor Arcana because the Minor Arcana is, is like I said, a little bit more unique and up for, um, up for interpretation. And, um, while it does have its own, its own sets and its own, um, specific things, you know, like the ace, the, the, the ace through ten, and then the, and then the royalty cards, um, it's a little bit more unique to the person, whereas the major arcana goes through those, those life lessons and those, you know, specifics. Um, so, so let me, let me condense that. Let me, let me get the concise, cohesive thought there. Um, the minor arcana is much more unique and a little bit more flexible to interpretation, whereas the major arcana is going to be that specific and that um, kind of a little bit more set. So starting with the full, the full card meaning... In the upright position, I am going to be discussing upright and reverse positions. Um, not going in-depth, necessarily, but just kind of giving a general idea. Uh, because I like to go more in-depth when I'm actually doing a reading as opposed to, you know, doing a whole episode on, on the entire in-depth meanings. that is going to take more than an hour. <laughs> so, um, so, so maybe, maybe we can go through that another time, but, um but for now uh, i'm just going to do general generalizations and um, kind of give you a little bit of what the the major and minor arcana well not not the minor arcana but what the major arcana means um, either upright or reversed so for the fool the upright meaning is beginnings innocence spontaneity free-spirited and optimism the reverse meanings is um is going to come up if the if the card comes up reversed then it means that there is some holding back some some recklessness and a little bit more risk-taking without careful planning the first numbered card is the magician one of my favorite cards um because it speaks of manifestation resourcefulness power and inspired action the magician um, is is the card that can wield all of the elements. And when you look at the magician card, he is surrounded by um, he or she, because some some decks uh, you know illustrate the magician as being a man, some illustrate them as being a woman. And if you identify with neither of those, then that's fine. You know, the magician can be non-binary. The magician has no has no set gender. <laughs> um, but the magician is surrounded by all four of the elements water fire earth and air because on his table or or their table let me let me say on the magician's table is a cup a sword a wand and a coin or pentacle. so the magician and then above the magician's head is the infinity symbol so the magician is the powerhouse the power source of being able to manage and manifest everything um, by using all of the different resources at their disposal um, when the magician shows up in a in a reading reversed it can speak of um, possible manipulation whether this person who um, is getting the reading is being um, deceptive or manipulative in any way that they may not recognize or or there is manipulation and deception going on in their life from another person or an outside party. Um, it may signify poor planning and untapped talents. So whether or not the magician shows up upright or reversed, it is to, to let you know um, what, is, what is pretty much going on in your life based on your, um, your assertion of your own worth. Card number two is the High Priestess. Upright, she speaks of intuition, sacred knowledge, divine feminine energy, and the subconscious mind, and how those things work in tandem. Reverse, she speaks of secrets, disconnectedness from the intuition, withdrawal, and silence. Card number three, another one of my favorite cards, the Empress. I, I resonate with this card so much, and I don't know why. Um, Actually, no, I do know one, (laughs) Uh, because she also represents femininity and divine feminine nature. I represent a lot with, um, I resonate a lot with uh, the empress and the high priestess, because they they speak to that divine feminine energy and that that balance energy um, and that creative energy as well. Um, Upright, the empress, speaks of femininity, beauty, nature, nurturing, and abundance. Reverse, she speaks of any creative blocks, depend and dependence on others. So the Empress, when she shows up in a reading, um, usually talks about not only um, that nurturing energy and that abundant energy and that creative energy, that feminine beauty, um, but when she when she shows up upright, it also shows that you are being independent. And you are creating that reliance on yourself and you are working on your self-resourcefulness but when you when you experience the empress reversed in a reading um, there may be some creative blockages some creative blockages happening um, in your journey and and that may be something that you definitely need to need to look at Um, and she also speaks on that dependence of others whereas you know if you need to depend on others, because uh, that dependence on others isn't just, oh, you're being too codependent and you're not being independent enough, um, but can also talk about um, how you might be resisting depending on others because you might be too focused on being that self-sufficient and self-reliant, you know, so, so maybe you need more of that balance in your life. But... Um, Either way, you know I love I love the um, I love the Empress card and one um, one of the symbols on the Empress card is the symbol of Venus, the planet of love, creativity, fertility, beauty, and grace, and the goddess Venus, who is the goddess of love, creativity, fertility, beauty, and grace, and sex, <laughs> and and therefore the 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 overall essence of the Empress, um, and I also want to kind of like. Uh, give a little disclaimer to the Empress um, because her visage is is that 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 mother, that pregnant that pregnant mother, that expecting mother. Um, she does speak of fertility, but if you are someone who is not wanting to necessarily have children or um, be a mother that fertility doesn't necessarily have to mean physical fertility it can mean more of there is fertile abundance in your life there is a lot of creative energy in your life and something that you can that you can run with Um, and it might mean that there is an energy in your life that is ready to be brought out into the world so Take it like this, if you, if you are creating something, if you are an artist, for example, and you're wanting to get your art out into the world, if the empress comes up in a reading for you, then maybe it's time to put it out into the world instead of holding on to it. Card number four is her counterpart, the emperor. He is the authority figure, the establishment, the structure, the father figure, the the you know, kind of. I don't want to call him an authoritarian because he's not. Um, but he is the he is the watcher. He is the one who is the provider, the protector. If he if he shows up in a reading reversed, he expresses domination and excessive control, lack of discipline, inflexibility, and and even lack of control. So so maybe there's an area in your life where you feel like control is lacking. If um, If the emperor shows up reversed in your reading, then that is a sign that maybe you need to look at that area in which um, control is lacking and either surrender to that lack of control if it's something that you cannot directly influence or, excuse me, lean into what you can control instead of focusing on what you can't. Card number five is the Hierophant, which in my my um, tarot deck that I use, um, the Witches Tarot deck, comes up as the High Priest, um, but still a similar meaning. Spiritual wisdom, religious beliefs, conformity, traditions, and institutions. If he comes up reversed, um, it is symbolizing more of those personal beliefs, freedom, and challenging the status quo. Neither one of these... Um, Neither one of these positions, uh, whether he is upright or reverse, is right or wrong. So it just this one is this one is the one that I will say that um, is a little bit more up for interpretation um, depending on what cards surround him, whether they are major arcana or minor arcana, if there are more major arcana cards surrounding him and he comes up upright, then that means that you are on the right track and you should be able to you know stick with those um beliefs and you should and you should feel grounded in that um and and that it's okay to be grounded and have those traditions and have those institutions or if you're creating your own you are you are on that right path um if he comes up reversed and you and you really need to um focus on more of your personal beliefs and 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 get a little bit of freedom then then that is that is equally valid Card number six, the lovers. This is one of the cards that, um, whenever I do readings, is a favorite card. Unless it comes up reversed, um, and and I'm about to I'm about to explain why. Um, even if it comes up reversed, I do have to let my I do my best to let my clients know. I'm I'm not going to use the word have to, but um, I do my best to let my clients know that it's not that there is no love in your life, it's not that you are not going to have a lover, (laughs) it's not that um, you know anything bad is happening but it's just that you need to focus more on self-love because there might be an imbalance or a misalignment of your values that are that are coming up in your life. Um, But if the lovers comes up upright it speaks of of course love especially if it comes up in a love reading it speaks of that love it speaks of that harmony Um, alignment to your values and your choices and anything to do with relationships. Card number seven, the chariot, speaks of control, willpower, determination, action, and success. If the Chariot shows up reversed, it is a message to have more self-discipline and to look at what opposition is happening in your life and see where you are lacking in direction. Strength Upright um, talks about... Strength is the eighth card. She talks about strength, of course, courage, persuasion, influence, and compassion. Reversed, talks about inner strength, self-doubt, low energy, and raw emotion. Card number nine, the Hermit card, is soul-searching, introspection, and looking at that inner guidance. Reverse speaks of isolation, loneliness, and withdrawal. Card number ten, the Wheel of the Fortune, not to be confused with card number 21, the World. Um, speaks of good luck karma life cycles a destiny and a turning point reverse speaks of any bad luck resistance to change and the breaking of cycles normally karmic ones card 11 justice um, I, I like to say that this card is the uh, is the symbol of uh, Libra <laughs> um, so so if you're looking for libra in the tarot deck any Libras out there, justice is your card, baby. (laughs) Um, Justice is depicted as holding a sword in one hand and the scales in the other, and speaks of fairness, truth, cause and effect, and law. Um, Reverse speaks of unfairness, lack of accountability, and dishonesty. The Hanged Man, probably one of the most confusing cards, but also one of the coolest cards once you really break him down. Um, Upright, asks for pause surrender a letting go of old things that no longer serve you and a recognition of new perspectives also when this card comes up um, I usually tell my clients because this is the way that I interpret this card that the hangman is asking you to to look at your resources and look at your surroundings and how you can play off of that to get you to where you need to be and to to go on the next step in your journey. Um, if the hangman comes up reverse, there are delays, resistance, stalling, and indecision happening in your life. Card number 13. Card number 13. So the hangman was card number 12. Card number 13 is my favorite card, the one that I associate with as a Scorpio the one that a lot of people are like, why do you associate with this card this much? I'm about to tell you, it is the death card. It is one of my favorite cards, and a lot of people ask me, Alice, what, what, why? (laughs) Um, But listen, for me, the death card does not symbolize, um, you know, something negative, and and it shouldn't. um, Because Upright, the death card speaks of endings Changes that are needing to be made and transformations and transitions that are needing to be made. So It's not to say that something necessarily has to end and that is a bad thing or that the thing that needs to end um, Or the ending of that of that thing that change that needs to happen is going to be bad Um, and and a lot of times because the the death card initiates change it is seen as um a card that is met with a lot of resistance but change change is inevitable you know as you as you grow older you change so you're not always going to stay the same you're not always going to look the same you're not always going to think the same act the same be the same eat the same things change happens um and It's uncomfortable, and it's okay to acknowledge that change can be uncomfortable. But change can also be good once you allow it to happen. If the death card comes up reversed in a reading, there's a resistance to change, or you are doing a lot of inner purging and, and focusing on a personal transformation rather than an external transformation. 14 is temperance, which speaks a lot about balance. So temperance is kind of like, I guess, In my interpretation, I would say that temperance is the cousin of justice because it speaks a lot about balance, but also speaks a lot about patience and having that purpose in life and finding your purpose. Reversed, temperance speaks of imbalance, excess, self-healing and a realignment. And so if there is any excess in your life, especially negative excess um, and temperance comes up, temperance, my accent's coming out, (laughs) temperance comes up in your reading, then that's kind of a nudge to be like, hey, anything that's excessive that isn't serving a purpose, gonna have to cut it, buddy. Another another card, card number fifteen, the devil is another card that people get uh, get in readings and look at and go, oh, um, because because eh, it can be a little scary, but. When the devil comes up in a reading, it talks about the shadow self um, and any attachments, addictions, any restrictions, and um, any, any notice of sexuality because, you know, um, the devil is temptation and all of those different things. Um, not trying to get religious here. <laughs> uh, not trying to shame anyone here either. Um, but the, the devil is a card that speaks to those things that sometimes we, we don't want to, to, to acknowledge. Sometimes those things are scary, um, especially if it's something from your past or a behavioral pattern that, you, that you're seeing kind of repeat itself and it's coming in this cycle um, and, and you're trying to suppress it instead of like facing it head on. Um, sometimes the devil can indicate that. Um, If the devil comes up in reverse, which is one of the ways that a lot of people do like to see it, (laughs) um, it it speaks of releasing limited beliefs and exploring detachment. Um, So uh, one of the ways in which I can best explain this is um, if the devil comes up reverse in a reading and you're too attached to an outcome, then the devil is nudging you to, to notice that attachment and go ahead and detach from that. The tower card, um, the 16th card, um, is another one that kind of has a little bit of a, oh my gosh, because the depiction on the card is one or two people jumping from a tower as the tower is being struck by lightning and catching fire, um, but it, it talks of sudden changes, upheavals, and chaos, as well as revelations and awakenings, um, Reversed, it speaks of personal transformations, fear of change, and averting disasters. Um, when I pull the tower card for my clients, I normally tell them that, hey, the tower card isn't, isn't a big bad. It's okay. It's okay. Breathe. You know, um, we're okay here. Um, the tower card, in my interpretation, really kind of just sums up and says, hey, um, you maybe need to focus on the foundations as opposed to looking at um, this facade that you're building up. You're trying too hard to put a mask over something and and, you're, and you've built something that's, that's very pretty and very beautiful on the outside, but maybe you need to, to look at those foundations and, and reevaluate and reassess um, because an upheaval is coming and a change is coming that you definitely need to sit with and, and, and kind of focus on. And I'm here to help you focus on it. I'm here to help you guide, guide you through this, but um, it's definitely something that is gonna take a little bit of self-reflection. The next card, the star. Beautiful. Um, I like to, I like to say that this card is the representation of Aquarius, the water bearer, um, because it depicts usually a woman, um, with one foot planted on the earth and one foot planted in the water as she is tipping, um, normally pitchers, um, either pitchers or cups, uh, one into the earth and one into the water. Um, this, this card symbolizes hope, faith, purpose, renewal, and spirituality when coming up upright in the tarot reading. Um, and reversed, signalizes a lack of faith, despair, self-trust, or disconnection. Um, so, so when the star card comes up in a reading and she comes up upright, there's a lot of renewal. There's a lot of rejoicement. There's a lot of you know, hope and faith surrounding the person getting the reading. If she comes up reversed, then maybe there is a disconnection between you know, that hope and faith and, um, and kind of maybe some self-doubt and some self-limiting beliefs that are still there that, that really need to be um, let go of. The moon, another one of my favorite cards. Um, upright speaks of illusion, fear, anxiety, subconscious, intuition, and I want to add to that creativity. The moon um, is a symbol of, well, well, the moon has significant influence. The moon is highlighted by the sun, uh, depends on the sun for light, but also can Affect the changing tides, um, can affect weather, can affect different um, different things, especially in correlation with um, with uh, water on Earth. <laughs> um, so. The Moon may also bring about subconscious fears and um, help to to break away illusions and help to break away fears and anxieties and help you to get more grounded in your intuition but also speaks of creativity a lot of times when the moon comes up in a in a reading for my clients it's because they need to focus on that intuition and lean into their purpose of creativity as opposed to just being like, okay, well, I have a lot of things that I want to do, but I don't know where to go and I don't know how to do it. And I don't know where to put that energy because I have a lot of creative projects that I want to do. Your purpose is creativity, babe. (laughs) Um, Reversed, the... The moon symbolizes a release of fear, a release of repressed emotion, and can sometimes speak of inner confusions. So if you are confused about what's going on in your life or your life path, then the reversal of this card is going to, to highlight that. The sun, another positive card, another sun, another bright and, and shiny card. Um, normally depicts a child on the back of a horse, going through going through life very triumphantly and just being like, "Yay, I'm in a sunny field," um, and and I'm not saying that to, to like be sarcastic, it, um, but it's that it's that hope again. It's that. It's that positivity, that fun, warm feeling, that success, that vitality, that vitality and richness of life and, and you just soaking up that abundance. Um, whether it's vitality and richness of life in general um, as uh, in, in regards to the world around you, or that vitality of, of life that you, that you feel um, after having made some, some changes to your life. Reversed, the sun speaks to um, a recognition of the inner child or being too overly optimistic or, or feeling down. Um, so again, that, that self-doubt, um, if you are having any doubts uh, about your situation or you are doubting yourself, the, the sun might come up reversed in my reading. Uh, if you need to listen to your inner child, if you need to find uh, things in your life that are, that are inspiring you so that you can stay motivated, um, and you need to maybe go back to those those things that you really liked to do that are fun. Um, then then the then the sun card might uh, come up reversed in the reading for you. Last but not least, judgment card number twenty, uh, before card number twenty one, the world. Judgment speaks of. Of course, judgment, but also rebirth, inner callings, and absolution. So if there is a a nudge that you have been feeling to to do something specific in your life, judgment might come in to say, hey, listen to that inner calling. Um, Judgment might also come up to say, hey, there is a completion happening and you need to recognize it. Reversed speaks again of self-doubt, inner critics, and ignoring the call. So if you are trying to, if you are getting this nudge, but then you're just like, no, no, I can't do it right now, I can't do it right now, I can't do it right now, Um, then judgment might come up for you a lot to to be like, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can, why are you doubting yourself? (laughs) Um, And then finally, card number 21, the world, (coughs) excuse me. The world speaks of any completions, integrations, accomplishments through your travel, and reversed speaks of seeking personal closure, shortcuts, and delays. So if the, if the world comes up upright in a reading, your journey has, has come to its end, and you have integrated all of that knowledge, you have accomplished things, now you're ready to go about on another journey. It is another adventure for you, Bilbo Beggins. <laughs> um, and um, reversed means that you are still seeking some personal closure and maybe there's another lesson that you need to go back to um, but but yeah that is the the major arcana and and as you can see, it is pretty much the fool's journey, um, whether upright or or reversed it is that fool's journey through the major situations in life and and it's a really beautiful journey. So, um, with the time that I have left, I do want to I do want to kind of briefly touch on the different common spreads that you might find. Um, as a reader beginning your journey and you're wanting to know what uh what spreads you can start practicing to to practice reading the tarot and getting comfortable with your with your practice and your skill um and honing that skill some of the common spreads are going to be a classic three card spread that can be used for past present or future um in a love reading you can use them to signify you them and 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 both of you in the situation, or the best common um, ways that I have seen it used is also um, the situation, the obstacle, and the advice needed. So, a three-card tarot spread usually um, usually uses about maybe one question, um, and and kind of helps you to assess a, a situation. So, so if the question is, let, let's let's play on that love one. So if, you're, so, if you're getting a love reading or you're doing a love reading and you use a three-card spread, the question might be, um, what is the current energy surrounding me and my specific person? So, the first card might be you and your energy, the second card might be them and their energy, and the third card might be the energy between the two of you at the time. Another one-card spread for one question. Um, so... That is kind of one of the most direct um, and, and um, common direct uh, spreads that you can see is going to be that one card. It's usually going to be a yes or no question or kind of that what do I need to hear question. Um, and it's going to be just, just the one card, that one, that one question that needs to be answered. And it's usually going to be a what question. So what do I need to hear right now? and then you pull the one card, and that's your message. <laughs> um, I, know, I know that was kind of a little bit of like a, hey, that, was, that was kind of a blunt way of explaining it, but that's, it, it's very direct. <laughs> um, there are also five card tarot spreads, which answer the why question. Usually, the spread is going to be set out as past, present, future, current situation, and probable outcome for the near future, which, it, which the near future when I do readings, I usually say is about, um, three to 12 months. So the next three months, the next six months, or the next year. Um, when you, when you have a five card spread, you can either do it in, um, kind of that, uh, perpendicular, like cross, uh, section, um, with the major card being in the middle, or you will see it spread out as, um, as a rectangle spread with the fifth card, the probable outcome being the middle card, and then the other cards needed to assess the situation one, two, three, and four on either car either corner. <laughs> I'm trying to say card and corner at the same time. Either corner of <laughs> either corner of the <laughs> rectangle. <laughs> So yes, so um, the major the major message is gonna be in the middle of the rectangle and the other information needed to assess the reading is gonna be on either corner of the rectangle. A yes, no reading, um, which is usually one to five cards depending on the reader and is also a very flexible reading. Um, that's going to be um, a, a very good kind of direct, but also general spread. Um, so a direct message reading, so um, so maybe if, if your question is, um, will this job, uh, this new job that I'm going to, is this the right job for me? You can ask that question and, and, and get a yes or no answer. Um, usually one to five cards, depending on the reader, like I said, and a very flexible, um, reading as far as the, uh, as far as the spread itself but a direct question. Then the last most common uh, card spread is the Celtic cross which features 10 cards. It's very common for direct questions and is probably one of the most advanced um, spreads that you can see. A lot of experienced readers uh, will use this spread if it is an in-depth reading that is not only a direct question but also um, has a lot more to, to uncover. And um, kind of the, the, most, um, the most common themes that are gonna come up are gonna be um, the current situation, any past um, information needed to assess the situation and any past influences, um, any present influences. Um, where you hope for it to go, your hopes, your fears, your obstacles that you're facing, and the most probable outcome. Um, so even though it's a 10 card spread, those are going to be the most common themes that are going to come up. So where you are right now versus where, um, you're most likely going to end up, I guess I should say, is is the way in which, uh, the Celtic cross spread is, is interpreted. Um, and, and um, I'm running out of time here a little bit, so I, I I might be be rushing this a little bit, so I'm sorry. Um, I will maybe do another another um, episode on this just to kind of do a little bit more and maybe go over a few more things um, and and, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to discuss a little bit more um, because I would love to <laughs> so so if you do have any questions um, before before I go over the the spreads that I like to do and and kind of how I like to um, channel my readings Um, I want to say if you have any questions, if you like the podcast, um, if you have any comments concerns, any topics that you want me to discuss, you can send me a direct message through Anchor or Spotify or you can reach out to me at Skellington Grin on Instagram at Skellington Grin on Twitter, it's just missing the I in Skellington (laughs) um And on Patreon at Skellington Grin. So the last topic that I want to discuss before I end the podcast is some of my favorite spreads. Um, I started doing tarot, like I said, I started practicing seven years ago when I got my first tarot deck when I was about 20, 21 years old. Um, The first deck that I ever received was a quick and easy Rider weight that one of my friends had passed down to me. And the second deck that I received was a deck that I bought with an old partner of mine. Um, And it was a steampunk tarot deck that is now in the possession of my very, very best friend um, because he loves steampunk. (laughs) And um, when I had the steampunk deck, um, it also came with a guidebook. And in the guidebook, I found a seven-card spread. And ever since then, I've really loved using that spread as my general spread, even if more cards come up in the reading. Um, so <clears throat> the seven-card spread starts with um, you, the, the the person receiving the reading in the first position. Um, the first card is at the top of the spread, and then it goes kind of in a zigzag um with cards two three four five six and seven um in two rows beneath beneath the first card so it goes in like a zigzag tree pattern almost um so so if you are the the star on the top of the christmas tree then the um then the other cards are the ornaments on your christmas tree going in a zigzag pattern (laughs) um so that's the first time I've ever actually said that as the representation, and um, but I've always thought it. <laughs> so so I just manifested my thought right now, and um, I love that. It's so it's so pure. Um, it's it's so me, um, but. I digress. Um, I've always loved this spread because it is a very good way to to do a direct reading. Um, But the star at the top of the tree, you in the first position, the first card, is, is where you stand in your current situation. The second card is going to be any past influences that have gotten you to your situation right now. The third card is going to be any other information needed to assess the situation. And card number four is going to be the current position that you are in, the current situation surrounding you. Card number five is going to be any obstacles that you need to look at. Card number six is going to be your fears, your worries, your anxieties, um, and the most predictable, like, future. And then card number seven is going to be the most probable outcome. So it, it, really, it really just depends um, how many other cards might come up in that reading, um, how, that, how that spread is, is going to go, but that is the traditional spread that I do like to use. Um but lately I've just been kind of doing my readings and oh wow it is 1313 13. it is it is 113 but I have my I have my clock in military time so it's 1313 13, repetitive numbers bb um so but Lately, um, as a reader, I've been kind of just um, shuffling my deck and and letting whatever cards come out in the reading come out for the, um, the reading that I'm doing. And then, um, like I said, I also use oracle cards, so if I feel like the the client is coming to me, and they may need a little bit more of that peace of mind. They may need a little bit extra advice. I will use oracle cards in in the in the deck as well, and those are not part of the spread. Those are just you know kind of an addition. I normally don't charge for extra cards. I just charge for the time of the reading, um, and 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 that's how I conduct my reading. Um, uh, so I've, I've started to go less from like a script, I guess, and and go more based on my intuition when I am sitting down with the client. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Skellington Grin podcast. And if you like this episode, be sure to let me know by um, giving it a rating on Spotify or Anchor um, and also by reaching out to me. So I hope to see you in the next episode. Take care and blessed be.